Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mouthing Off with Mike Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast that is certified gluten-free. We had another crazy week of professional wrestling here when it comes to WWE and AEW. WWE's ramping up in its build to Elimination Chamber in just two weeks. AEW's ramping up its build to AEW Revolution in three weeks. And... We're still on the road to WrestleMania, so anything can happen. Let's get into this week in professional wrestling, starting with Monday Night Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, and no collision this week. Collision will be back next week, thanks to NBA All-Star Weekend. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some graps. For the first time in, quite honestly, I couldn't even remember if I tried, Monday Night Raw this past Monday did not start with a 10 to 15 minute promo. We started with some six man tag action. We got the New Day with main event Jay Uso Yeet taking on the Ring General Gunther Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. The Imperium. Look, I'm going to tell you something right now here. Great, great flow of Monday Night Raw. I thoroughly enjoyed the way we progressed the show. I like the way things were set up this week. Like I said, we didn't start the show with a promo, which is something we usually do with Monday Night Raw. It's the staple of Monday Night Raw. It's like, all right, death, taxes, and a 15-minute promo to start Monday Night Raw. That wasn't the case this week. We got right into the action. A great six-man tag match. Because the New Day and Jey Uso won this week, Jey Uso has himself an Intercontinental Championship match against the longest reigning Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion in WWE history, Gunther. That's going to take place next week on Monday Night Raw. Would have loved to see it on Elimination Chamber. I came to learn that Gunther has to stay in the U.S. for a couple more months before he officially gets, you know, his visa, his residency, how that works for, you know, out-of-country uh, uh, folks coming into the U.S. So he can't technically leave to go to Australia. So no Intercontinental Championship match at Elimination Chamber in Australia. A little sad. That does not mean that my prediction from a few weeks ago with Jimmy Uso interfering in the Intercontinental Championship match against his brother Jay doesn't, in fact, set up their match at WrestleMania. I don't know, man. It's tough. You could go one of two ways here. You obviously have the brother versus brother feud that they teased at Royal Rumble. Or you go in that feel-good direction story and you give Jey Uso his first singles title in his almost 15-year career in WWE. It's tough. There's another guy I'd love to see against Gunther at WrestleMania, Sami Zayn, who also doesn't have a road to WrestleMania currently. As for the rest of Monday Night Raw, some solid stuff. Uh, I'd like to... First, discuss that we're continuing Elimination Chamber qualifying matches for the men and the women. So we'll have a women's match tonight, and we'll have two men's matches tonight as well. But we also got a really great video package from Andrade. I like this WWE refocusing their efforts on making Andrade a main event level talent. You'll see people on social media, oh, he's going to be mid-card for life. I had some doofus reply to me on Twitter about, oh, he's mid-card for life. Whatever, dude. Whether he's mid-card for life, he's lower-tier main event, he's main event guy, he's in WWE, he's on Monday Night Raw, he's on TV, he's making money. Oh, and by the way, 
he gets to be with his wife, Charlotte. I don't see a problem with that. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to talk about, oh, well, they're this for life and they're that for life. The only thing that's for life is NWO. Forget about it. As for the video package, we reestablish who Andrade is from his lineage, his wrestling family, Lucha Libre. Then we reestablished who he was in WWE, why he left, and why he's back. All in a 90-second, one-minute, two-minute video package. We did that. WWE's video packages, like someone on Twitter said, have been stellar. I I I'm a big fan of them. As for those Elimination Chamber qualifying matches, you heard me say we got two of them. We got Big Bronson Reed, Australian's own, taking on Bobby Lashley. Good match. I expected to see Karrion Cross here. You know, we're feuding in the Final Testament and, and New Day, or and the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. But we didn't see any Karrion Cross interference. Bronson Reed didn't qualify. He's not going to go to Australia and wrestle for his home countrymen. Kind of sad about it. Bobby Lashley's in the chamber. We're also going to have LA Knight and Ivar take place tonight on Raw. Another pretty solid match. I was a little concerned seeing, you know, LA Knight and Ivar. I was like, oh, AJ Styles, interference. That didn't happen either. LA Knight qualifies. This chamber's far, very stacked. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, LA Knight, yeah. Bobby Lashley with two matches to proceed on SmackDown. Kevin Owens taking on Dirty Dom and Logan Paul taking on The Miz. So two of those four men will head to the Elimination Chamber and potentially length in their road to WrestleMania, two of those men will have some questions heading towards WrestleMania. Liv Morgan took on Zoe Stark. Really solid match here. The Liv Morgan Revenge Tour is in full effect. She's quoting it. That's her, her billing of her return. Love it. Liv Morgan is super underrated. I've been a big fan of hers, uh, you know, since she was doing... Uh, Rock and snapbacks and NXT all the way back. She was the manager for Enzo and Cass for like a small stretch there. Uh, so I, I, um, I've been a big fan of hers. She's an East Coaster. I'm an East Coaster at my core. So, you know, I, I pull for the, for the, for my fellow East Coasters. Love the revenge tour. I think live in the chamber is going to be awesome. She, somehow she's going to some way, uh, overdo or outdo her spot from last year when she did that crazy dive. Uh, off the chamber. So I'm expecting something crazy from Liv Morgan in the chamber. And ladies and gentlemen, the American Nightmare is here on Monday Night Raw, and he's got something to say. He told The Rock, he told The Rock, you put your hands on me, you slap me in the face in public. And what that means is I'm going to hit you back, Rock. Cody Rhodes, let that man cook. Get the chef's hat, get it going. Let him cook, ladies and gentlemen. Cody Rhodes, as we know, as the WrestleMania kickoff press event, press conference, spectacle in Vegas last Thursday, Cody Rhodes has picked Roman Reigns, the reigning, defending, universal heavyweight champion of the world. And The Rock did not take particularly to some of Cody's comments, talking that Cody saying that the bloodline's grandfathers and elders would be ashamed of the way they've acted. The Rock didn't like that. And the Cody even addresses that. He's like, I never said anything disparaging against your family. I said straight up, point blank period, that if they saw what your cousin was doing, they would be ashamed. The Rock said that their family's the only family that matters. 
Roman said the Rhodes family's irrelevant. His father's irrelevant, speaking to Dusty. So everybody's saying, oh, well, it's going to be Rock and Roman. Yeah, I, I thought so too for a minute there. That wasn't the case. I'm, I'm all aboard the, the, in the car, just put my seatbelt on. I'm strapped in for the road to WrestleMania. You should be too because there's still a twist on the road coming. And I think it's in the form of a tag team match with Cody and Seth taking on Roman and Rock. Where and how and why that happens, I'm sure we'll find out in the coming weeks, month. But I really like this promo. Seth Rollins even comes out and tells Cody, look, I'll be your shield. You know, referencing him in the shield. And now could that spell doom for Cody? Will Seth turn on Cody because he just can't take it anymore and can't see Cody being that spot? I don't think so. A lot of people are saying like, oh, well, when Seth does Cody, you know, like he did Roman and, and Dean, John Moxley at the time, then everyone, it's going to be this big to do. And then Cody's going to go after Seth. I don't, I don't think Seth turns on Cody. I think it is so ingrained in the WWE superstars mind from, from an on-screen perspective that they need to get the title away from Roman. Because if Roman wins again at WrestleMania, then the title disappears for longer. And Seth even said it in his promo. He's like, Cody, you need to finish the story. You need to finish it for me. You need to finish it for your father. You need to finish it for yourself. And you need to finish it for the fans. And most important, you have to do it for the superstars because they're the ones that aren't getting opportunities. And that's that Seth even tries to rebuild himself in that title. That's why his title became a thing because Roman's never here. So I love Seth being in Cody's corner. I wouldn't be shocked. And, I, and this is something that I felt from, I don't know, maybe since last year, since I saw kind of how Cody was saving Sammy and KO and, and LA Knight and Randy, and he's, and he's saving anyone affiliated or, or involved in bloodline business. I, I think this is going to work spectacular. I think you'll see maybe Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, Seth Rollins, maybe a guy like LA Knight, maybe Randy even. He might have a whole fight camp. He might have whole, a whole backup. His family may help him win. And at the end of WrestleMania, it'll be all of the superstars holding Cody up, like very similar to, to Dusty and MSG. And I know there's a lot of talk of MSG and Cody's going to finish the story in MSG. No, I truthfully feel, my opinion, that Cody is finishing the story at WrestleMania 40. There's way more meat on the bones with Roman without the title, mentally not being adjusted to that, that mental wear and tear on him, losing the title after he beat the guy a year ago, saying, what did I do? Was I distracted? The family, whatever. I want to see the family ditch him. I want to see Roman on his own. I want to see the Rock and Roman match that happened next year at WrestleMania. Because, hey, what's one more year? I said, ah, eh, Rock's getting older in a previous video with Mike from Drop the Mic and, and on my podcast with Jordan, the, the breaking news, the, the story gets Rock blocked. But even then, I, I'll play devil's advocate to that. Eh, what's one more year at this point? He's in training camp, The Rock. He said it. So is there a match coming? Probably. Form of a tag team match. Maybe see how he goes. The rest of Monday Night Raw, uh, pretty good. Like I said, R-Truth, J.D. McDonough had a match. J.D. McDonough got the win. Uh, Judgment Day came out, beating up R-Truth. Then Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano came and saved him, saved him on a social media video. Johnny Gargano and Champa are backstage, and our truths like, man, thanks, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I, I didn't think DX would save me. Our truth thinks DIY is DX, and then others DIX. Don't say it out loud. Uh, as you, you, you'll realize that. Um, so I think our truth, one of the best in the game. I love, love me some our truth. I love you, truth man. Uh, he follows me on Twitter, so much, much love for that. I, 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 I if there's any one follow back that I, I'll take, it's the our truth man. Awesome stuff here. Becky Lynch cuts a very impassioned promo. She even cheers to Rhea Ripley's title reign ending when she wins the chamber. 
Nia Jax comes out and gives an Oscar-worthy performance. And then Rhea Ripley comes out and, and it, it, everything just breaks down from there. Rhea and Nia brawl. Becky kind of just stays in the background, kind of watching everything. So I like what we're doing there. More than likely, Becky's winning the Elimination Chamber. But that Women's Chamber is going to be stacked. So far, we've got Becky, Bailey, Bianca, Liv. we got two more spots to get filled. I'm intrigued to see if Tiffany Stratton and Naomi get in the chamber and then there's going to be a last chance battle royal. Now, we know uh, NXT taping happened this past week after NXT. Shotzi is injured. She will not be participating in the Elimination Chamber qualifying match. She, was, she, she got injured in an NXT Women's Championship match on NXT for next week that they're taping this week against Lyra Valkyria. Thoughts and prayers and a speedy recovery to Shotzi. It's a shame, but the injuries happen. Monday Night Raw's main event was Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Sami Zayn in a fantastic match. If you've never seen Sami Zayn and, and Shinsuke Nakamura's matches in NXT all those years ago, go back, watch them. This was another masterclass of professional wrestling between the, these two. A fantastic chemistry. It was a great match up until Drew McIntyre reared his Scottish head, causing Sami to lose via interference, distraction. Shinsuke gets a big win against Sami. Drew and Sammy are far from finished. The Elimination Chamber is going to be interesting. Sammy, as of the moment, doesn't have a road to WrestleMania, and they're playing that up heavily with promos and talking with him. So I have a feeling Sammy is going to get that ultimate underdog story. As for Monday Night Raw, I liked it. It was a good show. We'll talk a little bit more about NXT and SmackDown and, and who out of those three were the best show on the WWE side. As for... Raw opening with the six-man tag other than a promo. I liked it. I was a big fan of it. Went a little over overboard here when I talked about Monday Night Raw. Sorry, not sorry. There was a lot to talk about, lots to digest. As for NXT, we're going to open up NXT this week with Operation Sneak Attack. Von Wagner and Robert Stone, for the first time in a very long time, Robert Stone's wrestling in a tag match against Oral Mensa and Noam Dar. Now, unfortunately, they lost this match, but they looked great. I love Robert Stone. I love the whole story with him and Von Wagner. A year and a half ago, if you would have told me, Shawn Michaels would have had babyface sympathy for Von Wagner, and I would have been invested in his story, his life, his upbringing, himself as a character. I would have called you crazy. But Shawn Michaels did it. And Von Wagner, honestly, is becoming a favorite of mine to watch on NXT every Tuesday. I implore you, if you're sleeping on NXT, I'll say it every week. Don't sleep on NXT. It is really good wrestling, and it's really great to watch because you're getting to see the next generation of superstars live and in, in living color and action weekly, and you get to see them improve. I got to watch Tiffany Stratton come in as a blue-chip rookie to NXT, transform into this superstar, this, this vibe, this aura about her, a full-fledged main event talent morph before my very viewing eyes in just two years. Less, if you really count it. Awesome to see it. Same thing with Braun Breaker. They're in action, Braun Breaker and Corbin, the Wolf Dogs, against the family, the Don, Tony D'Angelo, the Underboss, Stax, Lorenzo, the Riz, Adriana Rizzo had a match against Jada Parker here tonight on NXT. Unfortunately, she was not successful in getting the win. Jada Parker got the win. Jada Parker's already went viral. One of those Twitter meme pages got, a, got, a, got her entrance when she's walking in. Look, she is dynamite. So no surprise that the meme pages saw her. 
And we're like, yes, you know, let's get her out there and promote her. Uh, Shawn Michaels, man, he is something when it comes to this recruitment and, and the recruiting of women's wrestlers. I, I don't know how he does it, guys. Uh, two, three women's wrestlers get called up to the main roster, and then there's like six new ones right here in NXT ready to go. They're on level up where they're like one step away from NXT. It, it's, 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 it's insane to think about, guys. It's absolutely insane. Tatum Paxley and Lola Vice have a match. Lola Vice submits Tatum Paxley. Lyra Valkyria actually came out to help her friend Gallus lost to Ridge Holland in like a gauntlet almost match where Ridge beat a member of Gallus. He went on to the next one. They ended up beating him down. They ended up getting disqualified. So technically Ridge got his wish in, in what he wanted. He wanted all of them. They beat him down after the match. Nothing, nothing crazy uh, about it. Izzy Dame and Keanu James. Keanu James was in action with Izzy Dame in her corner against Brinley Reese. Brinley Reese did not get the win. She's Mrs. Positivity. Very Simon Dean system. It's a deep cut for you. If you don't know about it, take a look. Go go in the records. Uh, aura about her, but I really like her character. It's very similar to like the original Thea Hale, but also more of like a personal trainer positivity. Um, you know, psychiatrist, therapist, like positive type type vibe. I- I'm really a big fan of it. I, I like it. Carmelo Hayes took on Joe Gacy in a really solid match. Joe Gacy, when he comes out and he makes his entrance now, they turn the camera upside down. So as you're watching this, I'm going to do that to you guys. Uh, So if you're listening and you don't get to see it, sorry, go check it out on YouTube. M-O-W-M underscore wrestling podcast. So they turn his camera upside down and he makes his entrance and he has a cool entrance. Gacy and Melo had a really solid match. Melo ends up getting the win and he says to the camera, I'm coming for you, Ilya. So I predicted this some way, somehow, probably at NXT Roadblock in March. Ilya will probably drop the title to Mello. Mello then will take on Trick at San and deliver Philly when Trick makes his triumphant return after the match and beats down Mello. I already see that happening. The main event, ladies and gentlemen, the Wolf Dogs are the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Sad Italian noises. Your resident Italian-American podcaster here was a little sad. I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad. The family lost the tag titles, I'm sure. Something big is headed for them. They might be getting called up soon because I wouldn't mind seeing the family on SmackDown running the mafioso, that whole story with the, with the mob boss and the, and, and the family. I wouldn't mind seeing that ran on SmackDown. I also wouldn't mind seeing it on Raw. Either way, if they do get called to the main roster, here's fingers crossed that they are executed properly in the same way they have been at NXT. Great match here. Honestly, go back and watch this tag match. This will be your mouthing off with Mike match recommendation from the WWE side this week. I'm going to try to get more consistent with those. Go check it out. Braun Breaker and, and Bear and Corbin have great chemistry. They're so good in the ring together. Both of them are, are fantastic wrestlers on their own, but together they make a, they make a great duo. The family, nothing but respect, put some gabagool on their name. They had a great title run. At times, it lacked a little bit, but I don't blame them. I blame, you know, kind of sometimes with Shawn Michaels. There's other things that took precedent for him, so I get it. I'm sure they'll get a rematch down the line. I'm sure they'll hopefully have a match at Sin and Deliver. Maybe the whole family versus OTM again and some sort of, you know, gimmick match, a hardcore match, an Extreme Rules match, whatever. Great main event. Wolf Dog, New Tag Champs. Looks like they're challengers are getting set up the next couple weeks so we'll see who's taking them on first nxt was really good this week i enjoyed it it was a big time friday night smackdown because 
the reigning, defending WWE undisputed heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns. He's going to be on SmackDown, and it just so happens that his cousin took his private jet from Hollywood to bless his presence for the fans in Utah. The Rock, the great one, is on SmackDown. But before we get there, we got to talk about some of these last Elimination Chamber qualifying matches. We got four of them tonight on SmackDown. Two men's, two women's, two final spots in the men's Elimination Chamber. We got one more spot left in the women's chamber. And I think a a last chance battle royal coming down the pipeline. We open the show. Kevin Owens taking on Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Boo, boo. The boos get louder. The fans continue to hate Dominic. And he is one of the strongest, strongest heels WWE has just because he can elicit a crowd response just about anywhere, anytime. So safe bet you get a crowd reaction when you throw Dirty Dom out there. He's taking on KO. Solid match here. Look, if you would have told me a couple years ago, Dirty Dom, Dominic Mysterio was going to be, you know, this good in the ring this early in, in career in his game when he got catapulted into you know, uh, a full-time wrestler with his dad, kind of during the pandemic era, I, I would have been like, no way, you know, it would take some time. But Dirty Dom, got to give the man some respect. He's really coming into his own. He looks great in the ring. Him and KO have a fun match. R-Truth comes out. R-Truth. Now, you heard me say it earlier. R-Truth had a match against JD McDonough. The Judgment Day basically said they're going to destroy R-Truth. And R-Truth is calling the Miz, begging Pierce before the, before the match starts. I got to get Miz down here. Calls Miz, he tells Miz, Miz, I think the Judgment Day are going to kill me. Hysterical stuff. So here he is, pops up ringside on SmackDown during KO and Dirty Dom's match. And he's telling KO, where were you Monday? Where were you? Because he thinks Kevin Owens is the Miz. <laughs> R-Truth is the best. I'm still laughing about it. I could, I'm, it's a picture in my head. R-Truth is the best live laugh love judgment day because of some distractions from our truth kevin owens was able to beat dirty dom and qualify for the elimination chamber this elimination chamber is becoming an all-time elimination chamber right now zelina vega lwo's own taking on tiffy time tiffany stratton who you heard me say it earlier when i talked about tiffany you watch NXT, then you get to enjoy this, I guess, reward because you watched Tiffany Stratton from NXT 2.0, you know, daddy's little girl morph into main eventing NXT for women's championships against Becky Lynch to now on the main roster, going to be in the elimination chamber in Perth, Australia, in front of 60,000 plus fans. She's only been on the main roster three weeks going. Incredible stuff, ladies and gentlemen. She had no previous wrestling experience. None whatsoever. She came into the WWE Performance Center. She grinded it out two years in NXT. Plus maybe, you know, some time in the PC, whatever, before she hit the airwaves. But a two-year run in NXT, a former NXT Women's Champion. What, what more could you say? She is a certified star, and she is the future of WWE, no doubt about it. Can't wait to see Charlotte and Tiffany down the line. Obviously, we know Charlotte is out with an ACL. We also know Shotzi is out with a significant injury, thoughts and prayers, and a speedy recovery to Shotzi. 
will miss Shotzi in the tank. That's for damn sure. She's supposed to be in this qualifying match against Tiffany that Tiffany beat Zelina in. Good stuff. Elimination Chamber for the women's side. Really getting interesting. We have another match. The co-main event, Naomi taking on Alba Fire. Love to see Alba Fire get some singles shine. She's led to the ring with Isla Dawn. I love the Unholy Union. Been a big fan of theirs since NXT, since they were the most dominant NXT women's champions, NXT tag team women's champions, I'll say. Good, good match here. Naomi has a new entrance, a new presentation, similar with the EDM rave vibe, but new song, it hits. They spell out her name before she comes, you know, when she makes her entrance. It's really fun. I like it. I'm a big fan of it. I was actually chatting with the, uh, the Two Heads, One Table podcast folks in their Twitter spaces that they do typically before Friday Night SmackDown. You can catch me on their Twitter space Monday on Twitter uh, for their Elimination Chamber predictions. So that's always going to be a fun one. But we were chatting about it, and I raised the question, where does Naomi land on the road to WrestleMania? I really hope she gets a premier match at WrestleMania. She will be in the Elimination Chamber, that is for sure, because she beat Iowa Fire in a pretty solid match for the co-main event. When you have Rock and Roman on the show, things definitely felt condensed. But SmackDown flew by. There was some really good wrestling. We also had Miz and Logan Paul for a qualifier to the Elimination Chamber. Fantastic match. The Miz really broke in Logan Paul when Logan kind of made his wrestling debut as a, you know, at WrestleMania 38, his tag team partner against the Mysterios. And I really like the chemistry that Miz and Logan Paul has. At one point, Logan and, and Miz kind of got a little clunky in the, in the match, and Miz hit him with a look, slow down, take the pinfall, and they talked it through, and you can kind of see that play out. That's that veteran prowess from The Miz. And, and if you discredit The Miz at, at, at this point in his career, then shame on you, because Miz is one of the best sports entertainers you're ever going to get in WWE, in professional wrestling. He's damn talented, and he delivers night in and night out. Great match with him and Logan Paul here tonight. Logan Paul, thanks to some chaos, thanks to some brass snugs, thanks to some distractions, he gets the win against The Miz. He's headed to the Elimination Chamber. Ladies and gentlemen, this Elimination Chamber is going to be monumental because I'm going to tell you right now, you got Kevin Owens, L.A. Knight, yeah, Drew McIntyre, the Viper, Randy Orton, the almighty Bobby Lashley, and the Maverick, Logan Paul, six of the premier stars of today's WWE, and one for the future in Logan Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, Elimination Chamber, I will now wake up, I should say on, on my case, I will stay up and watch it at 3 o'clock, uh, uh, 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, on the West Coast, so I will I will be live for that one. That is for sure. Some interesting things to note on SmackDown. I do want to make uh, note of segment backstage. We had Bianca, Liv, Nick Aldis, Braun Breaker, Jade Cargill, Tiffany Stratton came in and gloated about her her win and her Chamber qualifying match. Bianca and Liv kind of went back at it, and Jade kind of said, "Enough of this. You guys are going to do this when I'm about to make my big contract signing decision," and stormed off. But Braun Breaker is officially a part of the SmackDown roster. One half of the NXT Tag Champions and the Wolf Dogs are on SmackDown. So Braun Breaker will have his SmackDown debut match next week on SmackDown before Elimination Chamber, which was actually taped tonight after this episode of SmackDown in Salt Lake City, Utah. So the fans got... Some bonus wrestling and a really stacked Friday Night SmackDown next week. I'll pop it up here. But next week on SmackDown looks crazy. I'll touch more about it in the final mouth off, of course. But what everybody wants to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, 
The Rock and Roman Reigns are here on SmackDown, and Roman has proclaimed that The Rock is officially in the bloodline, or in The Rock's case, the bloodline, because when The Rock threw up the one at the end of the promo, he threw up this, Bang Bang Gang. He threw up the, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. <laughs> I was, I, I, listen, The Rock bringing back that vibe of Heel Rock. I don't know if it's necessarily Hollywood Rock. I was quick to tweet, Hollywood Rock is back. He's got the Versace vest on. He, he honestly kind of looks like Ricky Starks a little bit, but, you know, bald and you know, way more muscles. I digress. The Rock comes out, makes his long-awaited return to SmackDown in Salt Lake City, and he buries the crowd. You guys set a record for the most trailer park trash people in one place. Oof. Goes on to quote the quote, Cody Cry Babies, that we the fans ruined a dream match in the bloodline between Rock and Roman. Uh, calls the crowd some words that I can't, I don't think I can say. While I'm on the Tomato Road Radio, Sports Radio. Uh, but yeah, he goes in and he claims that the fans clamored and complained and got this match changed. You know, and Cody now gets to take on Roman at WrestleMania, stealing this dream match away. And the party's just getting started. There's no more sing-alongs, no more rock sing-alongs. We're getting, I guess, you know, corporate rock, 1998 vibes. If, if we want to date it something, I, I'm intrigued to see how this plays out. You had the fans, myself included, going crazy when you just flipped the script and now The Rock versus Roman seems to be happening. And, you know, we're, we were kind of conditioned at this point because of the hints and everything WWE was doing. Because it wasn't just the fans that were like, yeah, Cody's going to finish the story. It was WWE also kind of fueling that fire over the course of the summer where Cody and Jay win the tag titles, now they can go to SmackDown. Then you have that face-off, and Nick Aldis has to get involved. Then they lose the tag titles. And then, if that was the case all along, and they were going to do Rock Roman, then you should have just thrown the Rock in the Royal Rumble. Then you would have, then you could have done it. But Cody won the Royal Rumble. It would make no sense for Cody to step away. But we still don't have an explanation from Cody on why he initially gave that spot to the Rock. So, I hope in the coming weeks we get that explanation. If not, big deal. The only plot hole I saw, and this is if you really even want to bring logic to professional wrestling, which is, you know, the point of sitting there for two hours and being entertained. The only plot hole is, is he says that, you know, Cody doesn't deserve this. Well, I mean, technically Cody won the Rumble. And you are, when you win the Rumble, you get a main event match at WrestleMania against a champion of your choosing. That was the only thing. But other than that, The Rock as a heel, joining the bloodline, everybody throwing up the ones. Uh, I loved it. I think this has some potential to be very interesting and spice things up in the road to WrestleMania because now Seth said he's going to have Cody's back on Raw. You heard me talk about it earlier. Now The Rock is showing that he has the back of Roman Reigns, or does he? Is this a big swerve and Cody and The Rock are working together behind the scenes? Maybe that there's some, I've seen some theories about that out there. I don't know if that's true. I think Something will happen at some point in this story or post-WrestleMania or during WrestleMania where obviously you're going to set up The Rock versus Roman for next year in WrestleMania, especially if it is rumored to be in Vegas, which I called that. I had no idea, no intuition. I know it was reported Minneapolis was a front-runner, but a month ago I said, would it be shocked if Vegas gets WrestleMania? I'm, hey, give me some flowers. You know what I'm saying? Look, back to the matter at hand. Heel Rock. 
with Roman and the Bloodline is awesome. You get to see The Rock in the Bloodline. Now you could potentially see and play the story of a power struggle between The Rock and Roman because now you're bringing in the, the High Chief in Roman. You have the Tribal Chief in Roman. There could be some division there. And then you have Jimmy and Solo. So you could effectively, after WrestleMania, could potentially have a Bloodline Civil War again. Maybe Solo goes with The Rock. Maybe Jimmy goes with Roman or vice versa. Now you do that match post-WrestleMania. Then you set that up. Rock and Roman, WrestleMania 41. No title on the line. Tribal Chief crown is on the line. The, 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 the head of the table on the line. There, there, there's a possibility. We're not going to get into, into it too much right now. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the coming weeks as we progress towards WrestleMania. SmackDown for the WWE side. Show of the week, if I were to rank them, SmackDown, NXT, Raw, in that third place spot. I like to see Raw get to that first place spot here on the road to WrestleMania. Elimination Chamber, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be next Saturday. So when you hear this, you'll hear it more than likely late Saturday, Sunday morning, February the 17th. As for my folks at the Tobacco Road Sports Radio, you'll hear this Tuesday prior to Elimination Chamber. And that is the Tuesday of the 20th, but you'll also hopefully get my Elimination Chamber predictions, which will be on my YouTube and cross-audio platforms. So we are one week away from Elimination Chamber. It is clear and set besides one chamber match spot for the women. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what you guys want me to talk about in the final mouth-off. You know what that means, baby. It's time for AEW Dynamite. Last week, I was there. This week, I'm not, unfortunately. But AEW Dynamite was a spectacular show, in my personal opinion. I thoroughly enjoyed those two hours, plus a little bit of an overrun this week. Once again, shout-out to the good folks at TBS. Shout-out to Tony Khan for the overrun. This week's Dynamite, we kick off the show with typical tag team superstar, Dax Harwood of FTR taking on the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Jan Moxley in a fantastic opening match of AEW Dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, we had a Texas death match later on in the main event of Dynamite, which I would give you as the match recommendation from AEW this week, but I'm going to give it to the good old boys from FTR, Dax and Mock from BCC for your mouthing off with Mike. Match recommendation from the AEW side. As for that match itself, great match. Dax Harwood was put to sleep by Mox. After the match, Moxley just started beating the hell out of him. Here comes Cash. He comes running down to the ring. He starts beating up on Mox. Claudio comes out. He starts beating up on Cash. Everybody's getting beat up on in the ring here. Finally, everything's separated. Everyone's separated. And those two teams are going to have a match next week on Dynamite, a tag team match. So things are heating up in AEW. As for some match announcements for AEW Revolution, you heard me say the build is building in the AEW side. And Tony Khan is doing a spectacular job in building the AEW Revolution card. We had a few matches already announced. We got another one. Announced tonight, formally, 
happening at Revolution. Two Don Callis members will take on each other. Konosuke Takeshita, the Alpha, and the Goat, the Billy Goat, Will Ospreay, who's going to make his formal AEW debut following his contract signing and his contract ending with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like I said, we got big business coming down the pipeline, so I wouldn't be shocked to see another New Japan star in the form of Okada. Sean Ross Sapp, a Fightful, reporting that it's just about a done deal. We'll wait and see till he makes his debut, but I like it. Okada in WWE tickled me a little bit more because it's a never-say-never moment. Would have loved to see a WrestleMania entrance for Okada. Sure, it could still happen in the future, but there's some matches I would have liked to see very, very much with uh, WWE. There are some matches in AEW that I can't wait to see. But I'm excited for Revolution. The build is building, as I said, as funny as it sounds and, and as they say, but it, it really is working. They're doing a good job. It's on a thrown-together card with the last two weeks in the month. So I, I really appreciate that uh, from Tony Khan and AEW, something that I've complained about personally, that especially I'll, I'll always use Double or Nothing as the example. That, that card just felt thrown together in the last like week. And I was sad because I almost went, and I'm, I, I felt bad saying like I was glad I didn't spend the money, but... I would have loved to have been there. There were still some matches that really had my interest, but I digress. Getting back to this show at hand, Wardlow had a squash match. He won. I would have honestly preferred to see another women's match in this spot, even if it was a women's squash match. Uh, I just, the Wardlow squash matches are not doing it for me right now. That's maybe the downside of this episode of Dynamite. That's probably why I wouldn't give it like a, a nine. I'd, I'd put it in the eight category just because. I don't need Wardlow squashes. I know he can destroy people. Like, give me a good story for Wardlow. Adam Copeland taking on Daniel Garcia in a match that, to truth be, truth be told, a year ago, I never thought we'd ever see. So I love to see it. Adam Copeland, Edge, my man's giving it his all. He, he's giving every last ounce of, of go that he can give to this run in AEW, and I applaud that man. I, I really do. I, I really respect him, and I applaud him because it's not even a matter of like putting and, and making notary for himself. He's putting other wrestlers over on the way, you know, out or whatever his retirement run may be in AEW. He's, he's helping these wrestlers. Griff Garrison, Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, you know, Nick Wayne, Killswitch. Obviously him and Christian is the, is the underlying feud, and I'm sure he'll beat Christian for the TNT title. But this match was so good, and, and this was another close call for match of the, of the week recommendation from AEW. There's no winner. We protected both, and they didn't take losses because the Patriarchy came out and attacked Daniel Garcia and Edge. Adam Copeland. And Mama Wayne hit Edge with a low blow. Mama Wayne also wearing a turtleneck like Christian does, which I thought was a nice, nice detail there. The Matriarchy and the Patriarchy matching. Very cute for Valentine's Day as well. They beat the hell out of Christian, or they beat the hell out of poor Edge and Daniel Garcia. And now we don't have a number one contender, which I'm sure... More than likely, it's going to be a triple threat. We just saw a time limit draw with Swerve and Hangman a week ago, so one would presume that's going to be a triple threat for the TNT title. Thought you were smarter than that, Christian. I don't know. Edge might be written off for a little bit, and Daniel Garcia may get the title opportunity at Revolution, but know that TNT championship will be on the line. We had a, a promo with Hangman, Swerve, and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe basically said, look, you're, you two are not going to forget about me in this match. Don't, don't think this, that you're going to beat the hell out of each other and then you're going to pin one another and you're going to take my championship. You're not taking the title. You're going to have to beat me. Samoa Joe, I love MJF. His title run was fantastic. But Samoa Joe with the, the title is nice. It's different. 
Samoa Joe is goaded in my personal opinion. He's always been one of my favorites. I love everything about the guy. So I, I'm totally fine with him retaining the championship in the triple threat because Swerve and Hangman are too focused on one another. The story writes itself. Down the line, those two verse again for a number one contendership. 60-minute time limit. No draws, no nonsense. One of them wins, takes on Samoa Joe at the next pay-per-view. Maybe it's double or nothing. Maybe it's whatever's after Revolution, which I'm pretty sure is double or nothing. So there, there's your story through the early summer. As for <laughs> your EVPs, ladies and gentlemen, they're still wearing the bloody suits from last week when they attacked Sting and Darby. They're taking on top flight. They cheated to win, and they proclaim that they are the number one contenders now. That makes sense. Young Bucks, Sting and Darby, retirement match, Revolution, sign me the hell up. I have no problems with this. People were going to like, ah, oh, the Young Bucks. Oh, 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 oh. oh complain. Go, go talk to the wall, please. I'm cool with this, man. The Young Bucks are so good at this role. They're crushing this. This dastardly EVP. We're abusing our powers. It's our company. We're going to do whatever we want. Good stuff here. They cheat. They beat top flight. Darby even comes out and basically kind of blurs the lines a little bit. And he, and he basically says, you idiots didn't hire me. You, at least we have, at least at the time we had an EVP with a brain that was smart enough to see what I had and signed me. And I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. He's talking about Cody Rhodes, which I thought was great. It ended up starting a Cody chant. So you tell me who's finishing what story at WrestleMania. Nevertheless, I love it. Darby and Sting versus the 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 EVP, the evil <laughs> the evil Bucks, Nicholas and Matthew. Please, this is this is great, dude. You got you got timeless Tony debuting her her new movie Wet Ink and it's just all these different facial reactions while she's getting a tattoo cover up. She is so committed to this bit with her and Diana Perazzo. They have matching tattoos, a drunk duck from their time in Japan. She got it basically covered up. She got a dagger through, like, through both sections of it. I'll, I'll pop a photo from, from my video viewers if you're a listener. Basically, they have the drunk dunk tattoo. If you saw it on AEW a week or two ago, they highlighted that both of them have matching tattoos. Deanna showed it during a sit-down interview, and Tony has the same tattoo. Deanna's trying to reawaken the, the pro wrestler of, uh, in Tony Storm, not the, you know, actress out of work, you know, uh, distressed Marilyn Monroe gimmick that she's got going on. She's trying to awaken that, that killer instinct in, in Tony, which I like. It's a, it's a subtle story. But she, she's so committed to the bit. And, I, and truthfully, from what it looked like, that was a legit tattoo. Now, I could be getting worked here, and they, they fooled me. But it looked like she legit got a cover-up. But she didn't cover the tattoo itself. So, obviously, it's still, they still match. She got the dagger around it, which I love. Adding that little bit of detail, it was hysterical. She, she's squeezing a, a, an orange in, in the chair. Guys, go back and watch this. I'll, I'll pop some some clips or not clips i don't want to get copyrighted i'll pop some photos um so you guys can check it out but very entertaining we we we're at the main event ladies and gentlemen it's time in the words of mark henry for your texas death match which is going to see orange cassidy take on the kingdoms and ring of honor world tag team champ matt taven these two had a fantastic main event here on dynamite i love this Taven jumped through off the ring over the ropes and through a table that was situated on the announce desk. The guy flew. He went head first. It was insane. Orange Cassidy's dripping blood. We've got thumbtacks in heart-shaped boxes from Chuck Taylor, who the kingdom took out of action. That's why we have this match. Orange Cassidy requested it. 
against any member of the Undisputed Kingdom. Get his anger and his aggression out. Loved it. Great death match. Orange Cassidy, a guy that people didn't like, you know, four years ago at the inception of AEW. Oh, it's stupid. He puts his pockets in his hand. He puts his hands in his pockets and he does this stupid style of wrestling. I didn't get it at first, but I didn't hate on it like some people did. And then I got it. And I was like, this guy's a genius. And he's super entertaining. Fans love him. You see people dressed up like him all the time when you go to AEW shows. I'm a big fan of him. His international championship runs have been awesome. He's, he's, he's a hardworking wrestler, and that's what you want. Whether you think, oh, his style's lazy, he goes out there and he performs, and he's entertaining as hell. OC, you got my respect over the last couple of years. Not like it really matters, but great main event. Orange Cassidy gets the win with the orange punch, with the chain wrapped around the fist. He even had Tremperetta come down with the, with the box of flowers. He pulls out the, the pipe. Uh, everything broke down. It was a really fun main event for, for Dynamite. Dynamite, AEW's cooking on the road to revolution. The build is building as I'll make that joke uh, in nauseam. And we got to talk about Rampage. When we look at AEW this week, you heard me say it earlier in the show, there is no collision on Saturday night. So Saturday night this week is all right. It's not all right for fighting. But I guess it's okay for the NBA All-Star Game. Friday night, Rampage on the AEW side was not at 10 o'clock Eastern time following SmackDown this week. It was actually on at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So if you already missed it, I'm sure you can catch the replay on the apps on TNT. But Rampage, okay show. Headlined, starting off with Jeff Hardy taking on Sammy Guevara. And unfortunately, Jeff Hardy got his nose broken in this match. Really gnarly stuff. Looked pretty bad. Sammy Guevara picked up the win. They were able to get to the finish of the match pretty quickly. Sammy hit him with the go to hell. One, two, three. It's over after the match. Matt and Jeff were flipping him off. And, you know, they're obviously selling what just happened. We know Sammy has a history with the Hardys. He actually broke Matt Hardy's nose a few years ago. Obviously, accidents happen in professional wrestling. I'm not blaming the guy at all. So. Things happen. Things just don't go the way they're planned, and, and, and accidents happen. And that's what you sign up when you're a wrestler. You know the, the hazard. So it is what it is. Speedy recovery to the legend Jeff Hardy. You know here at Mattling Off with Mike, we love the Hardys. As for the rest of Rampage, we got Queen Aminata taking on Anna Jay in a really solid match. If you've been keeping up for a couple of weeks here on the show, I've been wondering and asking when is Queen Aminata going to be all elite? Well, we don't have to wait any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Khan dropped the graphic during Rampage. Queen is all elite and much deserved. She is slowly but surely becoming a really great wrestler and also uh, a fan favorite and a fan of yours truly here. I I'm a really big fan of hers. I think sky is the limit for her. Another awesome addition to the AEW women's roster. Talk a little bit more about the women's rosters for AEW and WWE, particularly SmackDown, in the final mouth-off with some stuff from some of you on social media. Uh, rest of Rampage, we did hear from Timeless Tony Storm and Mox and Claudio hyping up some matches, hyping up what's going on with CMLL, hyping up everything going on with Deanna Perrazzo. Interesting to note, there was kind of a tease at Tony turning on Mariah May, so you got to keep an eye on that one. We also had two massive tag team matches. We had... Dustin Rhodes and the Von Eriks in action. And we also have the Bang Bang Scissor Gang taking on the team of the Dark Order, Jeff Jarrett, 
Santam Singh and Jay Lethal. I had a I had to pull that up, man. There's too many names to remember there. Uh, some fun matches. Not really much to write home about. Uh, last week's Rampage, I felt maybe a little biased because I was there. Uh, kind of felt bigger than this week's. But this week's Rampage was still entertaining for an hour of wrestling. I'm not going to complain. It gets more faces on your TV. It's more wrestling for the fans. So win-win there. We're going to get into the final mouth-off. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the final segment of Mouthing Off with Mike. The final mouth-off with Mike. So look, ladies and gentlemen, this week I asked you all on social media, tell me what you want me to talk about. What do you guys want to talk about? I had a lot I wanted to talk about in the final mouth-off, which we will get to. We will get to. I asked social media, what do you guys want to talk about? Well, my good brother of the They Made Their Way to the Ring Wrestling podcast, Ryan, said, let's talk about Jade Cargill. Let's talk about Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill showed up tonight here on SmackDown. We're hinting at where Jade is going to sign. We also have one empty spot in the Elimination Chamber match and potentially a last chance battle royal for the ladies on Raw this coming Monday. Now, Jade Cargill, one of the most talked about women's wrestlers over the last couple months. She signed to WWE during the summer. We saw her a few times at some WWE shows, NXT, some pay-per-views in between. We didn't hear too much about Jade. Jade had some personal stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. She had uh, a death in the family, so we didn't we didn't see to Jade too much. She was also training, you know, getting getting comfortable with that WWE style. So she had some she had some stuff she had to take care of and respect. Now Jade is back in the mix over the last couple weeks, and we're hinting where Jade Cargill's going to sign. Well, doesn't look like she's signing on SmackDown here this past Friday. Could mean she's going to sign to Raw. The women's division on SmackDown is absolutely loaded, ladies and gentlemen. My goodness. Naomi, Bianca, Albafire, Isla Dawn, Zelina Vega, Mishin, Mia Yim, Tiffany Stratton. We're loaded up on the SmackDown side. Bailey, Io, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Dakota Kai when she's healthy. My goodness, that SmackDown women's roster is stacked. Jade Cargill's going to make her decision when Jade Cargill's ready. I'm extremely excited to see Jade Cargill, what she's going to do first, who her first opponent's going to be, because this is big time. You only get one chance in the WWE to make an impact and to make an impression. So WWE has a really tough decision ahead of them. Who does Jade Cargill face at WrestleMania if that is the plan? I don't think she's going to be in the chamber match. So let's throw that one out for the moment. But I do think she will sign to Raw. Something with that SmackDown backstage segment leads me to believe, and, and because of how stacked SmackDown is, leads me to believe Jade's going to be on the red brand and that that makes things interesting because as much as the fans may not like it i think i see the opponent that jade may take on at wrestlemania and it's the same woman she eliminated in the royal rumble ladies and gentlemen i think jade's opponent at wrestlemania is going to be nia Jax, and that's your hot take for mouthing off with mike so thank you ryan for bringing up jade into the discussion 
as for the other social media, what do you want me to talk about? We've got a, a new good brother, Marcus, from the Four Sides of the Ring podcast. So make sure you go check out their podcast. I'll put their information right here on the video. And if you're listening to this in the audio side, there will be a link to their YouTube channel uh, in the description of the audio so you guys can check them out. The reason I bring them up is they graciously invited me to join their trivia tournament. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Four Sides of the Ring, they're hosting trivia, and they're going to crown a trivia champion, and they get a belt and everything. Ladies and gentlemen, I was just this past week with good brother Mike of Drop the Mic. We had round one. We took on Coffee and Wrestling podcast. Some great, great people as well. Check out Coffee and Wrestling uh, podcast. They have a great uh, original concept. They are uh, a married couple. They make coffee, and they talk wrestling. My, two of my favorite things, coffee and wrestling. So awesome, awesome getting to work with them, getting to work with Four Sides of the Ring. Round two is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you stay tuned to their socials and their YouTube because we've got a round two matchup against wrestling in the middle. Myself and Mike, we got an uphill battle. So we got to take home the crown. And then you and everybody else can acknowledge the one true Chivria champion, baby. That's mouthing off with Mike. And drop the mic. As for the rest of the final mouth off, ladies and gentlemen, the SmackDown Women's Division is stacked. You heard me say it. That is crazy. Next week, SmackDown pre-tape. We're heading to Australia, so how can you do SmackDown? We got Braun Breaker's debut. We got the AOP taking on the Street Profits. We've got chaos on top of chaos and more chaos. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Love that I get to say Pete Dunn now. We're going to take on JD McDonough and Dirty Dom. And... L.A. Knight, yeah. It's going to take on Drew McIntyre after the two shared words tonight here on Friday Night SmackDown. So I'm all in for it, ladies and gentlemen. Elimination Chamber looks good. I'm intrigued to see who fills that Women's Chamber match spot. So let me know who you think it is. Hit me up on social media at M-O-W-M underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Ring that bell, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. This Week in Wrestling. What a week. You got Heel Rock back. You got Cody Askin and getting help from Seth. You got The Rock joining the bloodline. You got the build. The revolution is building. What more could you want from your host here at Mouthing Off with Mike? I'm out of here. Go out there and enjoy wrestling. Stay tuned for my Elimination Chamber predictions coming at you this coming week before Elimination Chamber. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Go out there and enjoy wrestling.